it's Monday, and that so happens to be the day that I like to talk about monsters. I'm Jeff Arbuckle, and this is another new episode of Monster Mondays, presented to you, as always, by Film Seizure. You can catch new episodes of Film Seizure with myself and Jason Oliver each and every Wednesday, but Mondays, well, you know what I'm going to say here. They're for me to talk about monster movies. With Big G coming back to the big screen before the end of the month, there is literally no better time to spend an entire month with the king of monsters himself, Godzilla. For this and the following four episodes to come, we're going to look at Godzilla flicks featuring the all the familiar faces we will be seeing in the new Godzilla King of the Monsters due in theaters on May 31st. And it's probably best to do all this in as much of a chronological order as possible, too. So that's why we're going to start with 1964's Mothra vs. Godzilla. This, like a bunch of the subsequent Godzilla movies that come from Toho, which is Godzilla's home studio back in Japan, this would feature the big guy going up against other characters featured in their own movies in the past. Mothra first appeared in the 1961 solo flick, and we'll get to that someday. This was Godzilla's fourth big screen appearance after his super serious first movie, his less than serious sequel, and for a lack of a better term, cash grab featuring him going up against the American icon King Kong that has mixed reactions from fans. While I absolutely do not believe King Kong vs. Godzilla is truly a cynical cash grab, I can't imagine it really wasn't in all technicality. The point is, is that Godzilla's seriousness had started to fade now 10 years on. If you want to hear me talk about the Americanized version of Godzilla's debut movie, go back a couple of months to Monster Monday's number four to hear more about that. So with this fourth Godzilla movie and Mothra's second, the movie begins with a giant egg washing onto shore an egg that belongs to Mothra. A greedy jerk of an entrepreneur of a company called Happy Enterprises, uh, his name is Kumayama, buys the egg somehow, and I'm not sure how he's able to actually buy the egg from the imminent domain of this village that it washed up onto, but whatever. He decides to turn it into a tourist attraction. The twin fairies that are always associated with Mothra Uh, warned that it must be returned to Mothra and really needs to be returned to the people of Infant Island where Mothra lives. And if not, Mothra is going to be pretty upset with these people. The greedy businessmen of Happy Enterprises try to capture the twin fairies because, of course, they would. The fairies do escape and tell a scientist named Mira, a photographer lady named Nakanishi, and a reporter named Sakai about the egg and where it came from, hoping that they would be more likely to help them and get Mothra's egg back to her. In fact, the fairies are accompanied by Mothra, who uses her wings to kick up some big winds to let everybody know that she really does mean business about this. And if if they're not going to return the egg, eh, not going to really take too much responsibility on what kind of damage Mothra causes. So, Happy Enterprises, ironically, are a bunch of sad jerks. They refuse to give the egg back despite the concerns over the larva causing great damage. And, oh yeah, Mothra isn't too keen on people taking her fucking property. And the fairies and Mothra leave, but I guess 
making, I guess they decide that they're just going to make this entirely the Japanese's fault. Not only that, but Mothra's egg and anyone and anything that gets near it become radioactive. Sakai, Nakanishi, and Mura go to investigate as they survey the area. The ground kind of moves and starts to shift and fucking Godzilla rises from that to say, oh yeah, my name is in this title too, so allow me to make my bitch an appearance. Godzilla starts rampaging because that's what he does, particularly in these first few movies. And oh man, just seeing that old school costume that uh, Haru Nakajima wears in this, just it just brings me so much joy. What I also like about these old movies is that the big oaf is also just super clumsy. He gets his tail stuck in a tower and as he pulls it out, he brings down that that tower and he stumbles into some buildings while he's like kind of stumbling away from it and everything. It's just, it's kind of funny to see him actually struggling to walk around and rampage through a town. There's also a relative running gag in these older movies that he basically destroys the same pagoda over and over again. And they keep building them, and he just keeps coming along and tearing them down. They almost make a point to keep showing shots of this one pagoda as if to tell you, oh man, that thing is going to bite it if you just wait. Just just give it a few more seconds. It'll bite it. And sure enough, Big G takes that son of a bitch down. Anyway, now Japan has a Godzilla problem. Mura, Nakanishi, and Sakai go to Infant Island to plead with the fairies and Mothra for their help. However, the fairies explain that Mothra is actually quite old and near death, so the amount of help she can really provide might be limited. But she does go anyway, and she gets to Japan just in time before Godzilla messes up her egg. She starts off in pretty good shape, spraying him with their poison powder that she shoots out like silk. And, uh, you know, so she kind of gets a little bit of an upper hand at first, but... He eventually blasts her with his atomic breath and she ends up dying. The army tries to stop Godzilla, but if there's one thing constant in every one of these goddamn monster movies, the army is completely worthless. However, good news arrives when two larvae hatch from Mothra's egg and are able to fight Godzilla successfully, forcing him to retreat. So, all right, it's time for my three things that I like about this movie. First up, I have always been a fan of Mothra. This is the only time until the 90s that Mothra specifically attacks or defends against an attack from Godzilla. From this point forward, they are basically aligned with one another. What, I, what I've always liked about her is that these earlier versions of Mothra is that she's kind of depicted as this fuzzy-faced friend. Sure, she, like any, anim, any other animal in the wild, uh, ain't so pleased about you taking an egg or what have you or fucking with her property or her, or her land and territory, but she's pretty darn friendly looking for a giant bug. Even in her solo appearance in the 1961 Mothra movie, she's not exactly villainous. She just isn't keen on people messing with her stuff. Usually, though, I find myself pretty sympathetic to her whenever I see that fuzzy face. Next, uh, despite this being one of the movies in the 60s that took a much lighter tone, it still has some stuff to say. It kind of rails against the use of nuclear weapons, as I goddamn hope it would, and against corporate greed, which both Mothra movies seem to 
kind of deal with that. Her solo one has a corporate greed element to it, and this one does as well. When our newspaper and scientist heroes arrive on Infant Island, they can see how radioactivity and nuclear war can have this terrible consequence on the ecosystem. Then the corporate jerk asses are so cartoonish, but they basically end up through the base greed that they have for making money, killing themselves and dooming the entire population of the planet just to make a few dollars off an egg. Lastly, the final battle between Godzilla and Mothra is pretty awesome. Mothra grabs Godzilla by the tail and pulls him around like by just basically lifting him up off the ground and stuff. She knocks him around by flapping her wings at him and so forth. The babies bite at his tail and both the adult and babies use that uh, that poisonous powder silk type stuff against Godzilla. Adult Mothra even makes Godzilla fall down a cliff. And it's kind of uh, it's kind of funny to watch her just kind of basically work at him from not higher ground, but from the air. It's it's kind of awesome. Um, his head even catches on fire when he gets hit with some rockets from the military too. It's kind of awesome. Uh, Godzilla may truly be the king of the monsters, but winning never came easy for him. What was cool though is that while the military ultimately has little effect on Godzilla. They do buy him time that's needed for Mothra's egg to hatch and the two larvae to come out. In all this, uh, the egg hatches with like almost 15 minutes still remaining in the movie. So we get a pretty long and detailed conclusion to this movie. It's like people making this movie is like, okay, so we made these people sit through like an hour of talk about greed and nuclear weapons and not helping because people asking for help didn't help them when they were asking for help and so on and so forth. Let's make up for it by having like massive amounts of monster action in the final act. Well, that's Mothra versus Godzilla. This movie has a lot of various titles. Uh, these monster movies had so many titles depending on where they played and how they played and uh, what people releasing it thought was marketable i don't know uh, i do know that we're not done yet with the big g not by a long shot we still have four more episodes to devote to him uh we're not even done with godzilla movies released in 1964 so be sure to come back next week when we talk about a movie that features all three of this year's newest godzilla movie supporting characters so that wraps up this week's Monster Mondays. Until next week, I'll see you later. And don't forget to check out new episodes of Film Seizure each Wednesday and a new installment of Monster Mondays on, you guessed it, Mondays on FilmSeizure.com. And also check out new posts at my website, BMovieEnema.com, each and every Friday. 